All right, so you will find in your bulletin a little bio about Ryan Chumway, and he is going to be our speaker today, and he will come up in a moment. Uh, he um, worked at the Akron, or the Green Chapel, uh, for years, uh, got his MDiv from Rockbridge, that's Masters of Divinity, and as he's here with his uh, wife, Emily, and uh, their three kids, I think, are down in the kids' ministry. So uh, he's going to talk to us about Acts 2 today, and uh, so come on up, and uh, I will pray with you, and then we will, uh, yes, please welcome him. Father, I pray that you would speak through Ryan today, that you would give him your words. Lord, I pray that we would have attentive ears and uh, learn from you. In your holy and precious name, amen. Amen. Well, church, uh, thank you for, for welcoming this morning, uh, my, my family and I. And uh, I just want to first say um, to, to the band and worship leaders and even, even to all of you, thank you for, for blessing uh, me and my family to, to be able to join and to, to worship together. Uh, it's, it's, it's always so encouraging um, to, to see another part of the body. Um, my, my, my family and I were, were a part of uh, the chapel in green, and we worship there on a regular and consistent basis. But I love the opportunity to come and to see uh, an arm. You know, we, we may be the foot at green, but we've got an arm here. And to see the body of, uh, of the church come together. And so thank you for blessing me uh, this morning, uh, blessing my family, and allowing us to be a part of your community here today. Um, and so uh, just real quick to introduce myself. Uh, my, my name is Ryan Shumway. I grew up um, just down in Canton, grew up there my whole life, was blessed to be born into a family that uh, knew Jesus and pointed me towards Jesus and got me connected in with the church. And um, I had just an incredible uh, blessing to be able to be a part of that. Went to school in southwestern Pennsylvania. It's where I met my wife and been incredibly blessed with uh, a woman who just passionately loves Jesus and pushes me to continue to love him as well. And then through the process, we've been blessed with uh, our three children. Our daughter is Finley. Uh, she just is getting ready to finish up kindergarten here. Um, our middle son is Colden. It's like golden, but with a C. Uh, and he is the adventure seeker. He loves climbing trees and um, just all of the, the things that make mom and dad just go, please, let's not let today be a day to the ER. Um, and then our youngest, his name is Judah. He just turned three and he's a redhead. And that's all I need to say about him. <laughs> Uh, he's, uh, he, he's, he's incredible. Um, and so we've been really blessed. Um, I had the opportunity to serve uh, at, in the local church for the last seven years, um, three at a church in Canton, most recently the last four years at the Chaplain Green as a high school pastor. Um, and we felt a season of transition was coming, and we were convinced God was going to call us to uh, Boise, Idaho, or Wasilla, Alaska, or something like that to, to plant or to lead a church. Um, and so we felt that stirring of change. And what actually God was uh, planning was moving me out of full-time vocational ministry, still being in ministry, but um, in the marketplace and to, to serve out in the marketplace, um, not in a regular setting within a church setting. And so that was a surprise to us, but God has blessed us in an incredible way throughout that. And so for the last three months, um, I've made that transition. And one of the things that I've realized um, maybe more than ever in my life is the hurt and the pain that exists in people in the world. 
You know, when you uh, work within the church, oftentimes we, I'm not sure um, if this church is, is similar, but sometimes what we do is when we step in the doors, we try and leave our pain and our hurt behind us and present a smiling version of ourselves. And that's great. We love smiles, but there's hurt that exists in this um, congregation. I believe it. I, I believe that we have the hope of Jesus, though. One of the things that I've realized in the last three months, though, is there are people in this world that do not have the hope of Jesus. They have the same kind of pain that we have, but they don't have anything to look forward to, anything to remove that pain for good. And so as I've gone through this and this transition, I really believe that as I've looked into Acts, and this is one of the, my favorite places to just read and constantly come back to as new things and a new season of life jump out to me, I believe that we have a solution for that pain. We have a solution and an answer to those outside of this community as well that we can point them to. And I believe um, what it looks like to be the kind of church that this world needs. I think we see that today in Acts. And so if you have a, a Bible, I hope you do. Um, go ahead and open it up to Acts chapter 2. Um, if you don't, don't worry. It's going to be on the side um, screens. You can follow along with me. But I truly believe that this gives us a really good picture of what we can do today. This isn't something we have to amp up for and really prepare for. It's something that you can walk out of this room today and you can begin to do this if you're not already doing it right now. And so this is Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Church, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning, God. I thank you for what you're doing. Father, for the sunshine and the flowers and the green, it reminds us that you are a God of life. Father, that you love us deeply. And so as we look to your word, Father, I pray that through your spirit, our hearts would be penetrated, our souls would be moved. Father, not just to be inspired or to feel good walking out of here, but Father, that we would be moved to action, that we would help others, that we would walk beside those around us, Father, in a variety of different ways that they may have the opportunity to know you, to come into a relationship with you and to experience authentic hope. God, I thank you for your word, how it, it teaches us and it moves us. Father, I pray that your word would do that this morning. Thank you for your love. I thank you for the way that you act in our lives. And above all, Father, we thank you for Jesus that makes it possible. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So uh, in the in the the. 12 years of, of my professional life post-college, I've worked directly with students um, and people for the most part. And uh, the four years that uh, right after college, after Emily and I got married, we moved to Connecticut and we had the opportunity up there to be uh, school teachers. And uh, every year at the beginning of the school year, you would have a new group of students and even as I transition, as we transition back here, Emily continues to teach down in Perry as a middle school teacher. So pray for her. Middle schoolers are not easy. 
Um, but even in student ministry, this regular rhythm of meeting new people and learning who they are and better understanding how to serve and walk beside them. And um, we were very blessed uh, at the chapel in Green to have a, a thriving student ministries. And so there was always new people that I was meeting. And one of the hardest things for me has always been keeping track of people's names. It's just always been hard. I'm always so focused on securing the handshake and making sure that they go, man, he had a good handshake that I forget to focus on their name as they say it to me. I don't know if you're in the same boat as me. Uh, but this all came to a head um, for me one, uh, one Sunday. Actually, we were at a conference and we had just brought a, a new group of freshmen. And so we probably had 20 or 30 new freshmen along with the whole group that went with us. And it was the last night and uh, this this incredible girl walks up to me and she goes, Ryan, would you pray for me? And I'm like, absolutely. But at that moment, it's not the best time to go. I will definitely pray for you and remind me your name again. And so I just jump in and I'm praying for my sister in Christ and a lot of hers and thank you for, you know, all that she does. And afterwards we, we, I, I pray and, and, you know, finish up and she goes, thank you so much, Ryan. By the way, my name's Taylor. And it was this moment where I go, I pray that I can never, I never find myself in this, that situation again. But there's something important about our names. When we hear someone else say our name, there's something that happens inside of us. That in that moment, we go, this person cares about me. In that moment, we think I am known. And at the end of the day, I think one of our greatest desires inside of our human bodies is to be known. And I think that as we look into this, we see that there's hurting people that walk through their daily lives. I had one lady that I met with a couple weeks ago that is convinced that when she passes away, no one will ever remember that she ever even existed. And I could see that was one of the things that broke her the deepest because she was convinced that in this world, with billions and billions of people, she is not known. And I think, church, we have the opportunity to help others not just know that we know them, but we have the opportunity to point them to a God who knows them more intimately than anyone else in this entire world. We have the opportunity for them to go, I am known and I am loved. And I believe, church, that the way we do this is the same way that the early church did it. And we see that in Acts chapter 2. So let's jump back in. And just a quick um, catch up here for some context. So we have uh, right here at the beginning of Acts, you know, we see that Jesus um, in the beginning, he promises that the Holy Spirit's going to come and be the helper and the guider and, and be there for us, even though he won't be here anymore. And then Jesus ascends into heaven. The disciples replace one of the disciples, Judas. Um, after he took his life, they replaced him with Matthias. And so all of these things are starting to happen. The Holy Spirit actually does come, the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus and just the the, the, the lives of people begin to just explode in a great way for the cause of Jesus and what he's done. And then Peter has this, this, this sermon that he preaches and he's full of the Holy Spirit and he preaches and people come to listen to it. And we see that that day, 3,000 people came to know who Jesus is and surrender their lives over to him as the leader of their lives and the forgiver of their sins. 
And so I just love this. 41, just so you know what comes into where we're at. It says, and those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So the church is growing. The church is exploding because of what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through God's people. So that brings us to where we are today and this morning. It says, and they devoted themselves. The they is the, the, the church, those 3,000 plus the early church, and they devoted themselves. Church, what are you devoted to? What are the things that if, if, if we were to observe your life, if, if, if I was able to observe your life or you were able to observe my life, for a week or a month or a year? What were the things that we would say about one another that we are devoted to? I believe a lot of us would, 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 would say that we're devoted to our family, to our kids or our grandkids or our parents or our grandparents or our, our family. We are devoted to our family. Some of us would say we're devoted to our job, the thing that God has allowed us to do where he's placed us. Some of us would say that we're devoted to our hobbies, the golf that we like to play or the woodworking or the sewing or crocheting or cooking meals. What is it that we're devoted to? That word devotion, when you hear that, if I were to stand up here and say, I'm devoted to this thing, that word holds weight. But at the end of the day, we should be devoted to a lot of things, but above all, we should be devoted to Jesus. And so we see how the early church was devoted. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. This is good, church. Coming under the teaching of God's word. Pastor Mike does a phenomenal job of, of bringing the church in and, and using God's word as the centerpiece of this time together. They were devoted to this. Are you devoted to this, church? To coming in and not just hearing God's word, but acting in God's word. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. When you walk out of here, how devoted are you to this group of people? Or is it just something every Sunday around 11.30, you see that person and you don't see him again until next week at 11.30. How devoted are we to being in community with one another? This isn't just a Sunday thing. This is an everyday kind of thing. Church, they were devoted. We can be devoted to one another as well, to fellowship, doing life together, being in community. They were devoted to the breaking of bread. I believe this is the Lord's Supper, but I also believe it's just a good old meal that we can have together. Maybe it's the supper that you got planned for, for one o'clock today. The thing I love is, is, is I believe that having a meal together, there's, there's, it can be holy. I believe last week, Pastor Mike talked about the reinstatement of Peter. And uh, do you remember what Jesus was doing on the shore as he was getting ready to call out to Peter? He was cooking breakfast. There's something holy about a meal because when we come together, we get to now enjoy this food and our, 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 our shield often falls down. I found that the best conversations that I've had with my family and with my friends and those closest, it always happens around either a cup of coffee or a meal. We gotta be devoted to doing that together. To coming together, being in community, to having meals together and sharing life together and they were devoted to the prayers. What does your prayer life look like, church? Is it just when you tuck the kids in at night or right before that meal? 
Are there little moments throughout the day where you see the blessings of God, where you're reminded of your need of God? And in that moment, what you do is you go, I'm going to go to God in prayer. I'm going to be in communication with him. These are the things that the early church was devoted to. And these are the things, church, today we can still and we still should be devoted to, committed to, doing these things as the church. And so they devoted those th- themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and, pr- and prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. There's a lot of things going on around us. And I think when we position ourselves to, to look for God to move, we see it. And how do you respond to that? When you see God do something miraculous in a variety of different ways, what's our response? For the early church, it was awe. They were in incredible, just blown away. God did it again. He did it again. For the things that we would see that are big or small. Church, how often do we see God moving in our lives and in, in those around us and we quickly credit it to something of this world? We see somebody is, is healed and, and they're, they're made well. They were sick and now they're, now they're better. And we go, oh my goodness, modern medicine. Modern medicine did that. How often do we find ourselves giving the world credit for the things that God is doing? What are we doing to give God the glory that he deserves? I know for me, a few years ago, I had an opportunity um, in, the, in the multiple years that I was in vocational ministry to lead mission trips. In this one specific mission trip, we were down in the Yucatan in Mexico uh, with like the modern Mayan people. And when we went there, it was towards the end of the summer and as we were, we were going through the villages and praying with people, we, we said, hey, what, how can we be praying for you? What are the things that we can be praying for? And one of the things that was constant, and then the, the leaders actually told us, they go, there has been an incredible drought here this summer. And they, the, the rains that are needed for their crops are just not here, and they just, we need rain. And so every group before us was praying for rain. And so when we went into these villages, our prayer was the same prayer. We prayed for rain, that God would come and deliver the rain that they need so that their crops could grow, so that they could have food and they could sell whatever's extra to sustain them throughout the year. And I remember thinking, like, this is just a prayer that's been happening for six or eight weeks and we went down, and the beautiful thing that I love about taking a missions trip to Mexico is they have something called a siesta that every day in the middle of the day you get to take a nap. It's the best. It's just awesome. <laughs> and so um, that, that is starred in my, my calendar. I don't take my phone down, but that's starred in my calendar every day. One o'clock, we're taking a nap, and it's going to be great. And so this day, it was a Thursday, and we've been praying all week, and um, went down with students, and I'm like, guys, you guys need to lay down and get your rest. They're like, Ryan, we're 16. We have as much energy as we could ever need. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a nap. And so I went to, went to sleep with clear, sunny, hot Mexican skies. And uh, the beauty of that nap is I fell asleep fast and hard. And I was brought out of that nap by the loudest clap of thunder I'd ever heard in my entire life. And I open up the doors and it is just unleashing rain, just like torrential downpours. And our students are running through the street going, God answered our prayers, this is incredible. And we're running and they're, they're taking a lap. It's just, it's insanity happening and they're giving God credit. And in that moment, I allowed the world 
to get in front of my view of God because I go, you know what, meteorologist has probably been predicting this for the last week or so. And in that moment, I was convicted that I was not in awe of the God of the universe, that I drummed it up to something coincidental. And that's what it is, church. We have the opportunity to take every little piece of our lives, every little bit of our day, and we have the opportunity to give the world credit for it or give God credit for it. And what my choice, as I was convicted, I go, well, no, 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 no. This was God. He's the one who commands the winds and the rains. What does our awe look like? And awe came upon every soul. They saw what God was doing and they didn't just say, coincidence, thought that one was going to happen. They go, that was God. Oh my goodness. I can't believe he came through in that way. And this awe lived in them and they were looking and they were anticipating for God to do greater things so that they could give him greater glory. And everything that happened, they said, that was God, that was God, that was God. Not her, not him, not me. That was God. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. It was done through the apostles, but God did not need the apostles. They were happening through them, but it was 100% God. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. If we could ever really look at a season where we may not have felt together, it's the past 18 months that we've had. But now, church, I love looking out and seeing live faces. I love, I mean, it was good to have the technology to be able to worship together in that season that we were in. But to be able to see people, I shook a hand. I shook more hands today than I have in the last, feels like in 18 months, and it felt good to be together. This is what we need to do. And when we come together, we realize that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And that levels our playing field. And as we do life together, we do it in that way, together. We're not alone. We're not isolated. And as a response, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And so what they did is they, they came in and they go, you know what, we're together. I see needs. I fulfill those needs. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. When they walked out into the world and they saw the need that exists, they fulfilled that need. And church, I believe it, you know, we, we, we heard from it today that you have been a generous church in your financial giving. Thank you for doing that. Continue to do that. But I would also challenge you to continue to find the other places in your life where you can give generously with your time, with your physical body, doing physical work, Here's what I know. Those three kids we added to kids ministry today, there's, they, those kids are wild and they need help. Go help. Go help. Church, if we're the kind of people that just live and act Jesus and this grows, they're going to need more people down there helping out and serving. They're going to need people who love people to serve in those ways so that moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas can come in here and come to know Jesus, 
and grow in their relationship with Jesus. There's an event coming up that we heard about this morning. The, the school's out bash. What an incredible opportunity, church. Sounds like there's inflatables and, and, and snow cones and cotton candy and hot dogs. Like, what fifth grader and below would not want to be a part of something like that? I mean, my kids, just hot dogs alone will pull them out. They love hot dogs. You add sugar to that mix, they want to be here even more. But there's families in this community. There's single moms and single dads. There's grandparents who are taking care of their grandkids. There's the traditional families around here who are just lost. And what an incredible opportunity for us as the church to give them something to say, hey, we just want to love on you. Some of your giving has gone to create some of those elements. Some of you will be the one who hands that hot dog to the kid, just slathered in ketchup and puts the biggest smile on their face in the world. There's an opportunity to do those kinds of things. There's an opportunity to say, hey, buddy, do you want the red sauce or the blue sauce on your snow cone? You want, you want purple? I can do that for you. You hand it over and you say, good luck, mom or dad. Let me pray for you right now. But you have that opportunity, church, through VBS this summer. I'll never forget when I was in probably first or second grade, as I mentioned, I, had the, I was blessed to be brought up in the church, to know Jesus. VBS was part of, you know, part of my alphabet since I was a kid. And I remember that year we invited our neighbor. Rory was a year older than me, and we went, and they went to vacation Bible school with us. And we got in the car and I was like, Rory, that was just so great. Like I'm all amped up. I don't know if we learned about Joseph or Noah or what it was, but I was just amped up. I was like, we should just sing Jesus loves me together right now. He's like, I don't know that song. And I remember going, what? How do you not know Jesus loves me? It's great. It's like the greatest song ever. He's like, I don't know what that song is. And that song for me was core, fundamental. It's just, it's, it's, if you've been in the church, that's one of the first songs you learn. And I remember thinking, he doesn't know Jesus loves me. And to today, I go, man, if that day he didn't know the song, Jesus loves me, there's no way that he knew the reality that Jesus loves him. Church, we have the opportunity to do that. We have the opportunity to serve and to be a part of those things. We have the opportunity to invest in the people in our lives and invite them to those kinds of things so that those people who are hurting, who are broken, who have no hope whatsoever, have an opportunity to go, Tina cares about me. Bill cares about me. Stephanie knows me. Mark knows me. Those little kids that invited my kids, they know my kids. And I was able to walk into a place where I felt welcomed. And through that, I, somebody said, hi, I'm, I'm Ryan, what's your name? And they remembered my name, and I'm known. And we have the opportunity to point them to a God who knows them. Church, don't miss it. The early church was giving of the, uh, selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the pro proceeds to all as many had need. There is an incredible need out there. The greatest need is they need a savior and we have the opportunity to point them to that.
It says in 46, and day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. I love the way that they're described, the early Christians. Glad and generous. You know, it's, it's, it's sad today if you type into a Google search, why are Christians so, it's a bunch of negatives. Imagine if we could switch this up so that people in this community and in Northeastern Ohio, Ohio, the nation and the world said, you know what, Christians, they're just a bunch of glad and generous people. And they did this together. Day by day, this isn't just a Sunday morning thing. We do this every day of the week. We bring people in. We do life together. We get into God's word together. We pray for one another. We spend time together. And we do this day by day. And day by day, attending the temple together, they, they said, hey, we know the most important thing we can do is come in to the presence of God and worship and grow and learn and teach. And there's incredible opportunities to do that together, church. Day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. And so this has all been what we need to do. May seem cumbersome. But here's the beauty of that. It's my belief that how the Holy Spirit works is each and every one of us at some point today have been triggered by something that goes, that's the person that I need to invest in. That's the ministry that I want to serve in. That's the group of guys that I need to pull in and have a Bible study with. That's the thing that I can give up to have more time to do the things that matter most. I believe that that's how the Holy Spirit works. And so it may seem cumbersome, but when we collect everyone in here, and we trust that the Holy Spirit is not just doing that in this congregation, but in every congregation across the world, we quickly realize that there is an opportunity in front of us that is a Huge task, but the body of Christ is able to accomplish it through his spirit. And so church, whatever that thing has been for you this morning, whoever that person is, the mom that's hurting or the dad that just got divorced or the kids who lost a parent or the diagnosis that just came in, that person has come into your mind. That thing to do has come into your mind. Don't allow it to leave where you're at right now. Don't leave it on your seat. Take it with you out there into the world and begin to be the hands and feet of God. That's the task that we've been given. What is the reward for that task? I love it. It's in 47. So as they did that, they praised God and had favor with all the people. Not just brothers and sisters in Christ, not just the people who are here, not just those in your family. Because of these things, they had favor with all the people. They had an ability to do those things and earn respect so that people go, you love me, I respect you, you care about me. Because of you, I feel known. All the people. We all know it in our neighborhoods. There's the guy that has the great grass, whether you know him or not. Yep. <laughs> that's what they're known for. But what, what if we were known for that's the house that people are constantly coming in. They walk in with frowns and they walk out with smiles. They walk in with sadness and they walk out with joy. What if we were that house and everyone in the neighborhood knew it? Praising God and having favor with all people. Here's what I know. Your house is going to be pretty busy after a while, and God's going to continue to use that. But what is the end result right here? And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. He added to the family. 
when we allow the Holy Spirit to move us, to prompt us to action, when we are submissive to the Spirit, when we are obedient to the Spirit, what we find out is we see opportunities we never would have seen before. We step into those opportunities. We say, Spirit, take me from here. The Spirit moves us, draws people in, and immediately they see hope that exists not in you, not in me, but in Jesus and Jesus alone. And at some point, our reward is that we now have a new brother or a new sister in Christ, and the light bulb clicks on for them. And when that light bulb illuminates, their light now goes into dark places we could never go on our own. And the body grows. And we can look and we can say, thank you, God, for saving people. In that moment, when the light clicked on, they stepped from eternal death into eternal life. And their light expanded into dark places that new light bulbs can go off when we do the things that the early church has done. Church, we have the opportunity to do this. It's all around. It's all around you. Look for those opportunities. Pray for those opportunities. And when God presents them, because he will, capitalize on that. And when you see something amazing, share that story. And they go, I can't believe what you did. You go, nope, not me. It was God. Church, we have that opportunity to point to the healer, to point to the giver of hope, to point to a God who loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us, for your worst, to say, I know you, I know your best, and I know the deepest, darkest, worsts, and I love you enough that I died for you, that people will say, Thank you for knowing me and showing me to a God who knows everything about me and still loves me. Church, we have that opportunity to love, to give hope, to help others be known. Let's pray. Father God, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your church. Father, I thank you that you just move in so many incredible ways. Father, that you love us deeply. God, it's my prayer that if you haven't yet, that you bring someone to mind. You bring a person or a family or an event or a ministry to mind where you are saying, son, daughter, I am calling you here. Go to that place. Serve. Give. Obey. Father, through that, it's my prayer that that this place, at Portage Lakes and in Green, Ohio and Uniontown, Ohio and North Canton and Northeastern Ohio, Father, that Father, we just come alive because of your spirit, that we can look back and go, God blessed us deeply. And all we had to do was just be obedient to the call. All we had to do was invite somebody over for a meal. All we had to do was check in with somebody. Father, help us. Move us to action. God, it's my prayer that you would make us utterly miserable until we are fully obedient to the thing that you're calling us to. That we'd be obedient, we would follow it, we would give you the glory. 
thank you, Father, for the early church. And I pray, Father, that today we would be the church of 2021, and that your spirit would be fully alive in us, in our obedience and in our humility, that you would move and act and work. Father, help us to see the hurt and help us to point them to you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.